Welcome to My Life, Chassidus Applied, episode 303. First of all, Freilich and Yer Aleph Nissen. This is the 118th birthday of the Rebbe. God sent us a gift 118 years ago. Yer Aleph Nissen, Tofresh Samach Beis. It was 1902, just before Pesach that year. A turbulent time in Jewish history, in world history. The Rebbe came to this world, became the seventh Rebbe of Chabad Chassidus in the year Tavshin Yud, 70 years ago. So first and foremost, we begin by honoring this special day. I would not be here, definitely not doing this program. I wouldn't, I don't believe, be dedicated to the work that I do were not for the Rebbe. So on a day that's a birthday, as the Rebbe emphasizes, the birthday is when a neshama begins its unique journey in this world. The Rebbe's neshama, neshama klolis, a general soul that has impacted so many people, but also individuals, not just in a collective way. So we begin with that, Yeralaf Nissen. This year, Yeralaf Nissen and Pesach, and in general, everything takes on a whole new dimension. However, we want to call this period in time the age of corona, the corona, or other ways, we're dealing with an epidemic and a plague. At the same time, that doesn't take away from the power and the potency of Yer Aleph Nissen and of Pesach. And indeed, these are days that can empower us to deal with the challenges we face. So I want to begin by, the program is dedicated, sadly, in honor of Chaim Mechol Sadja HaKoyim Ben Simcha Olav HaSholem, who just passed on the 9th of Nissen from the accursed coronavirus dedicated by the Nash family. I also want to dedicate it to our Fushlema Vikreva, complete and speedy recovery for all those that are suffering from this, from this disease, from this infection, from this virus. Whatever state they're in, the Ebishter should bless them. They should get out of it altogether as if it never happened in the first place. Kol Yisrael, all those that are ill should be healed completely. All those that are ill anywhere in the world because this is impacting not just a segment, but the entire world and every sector of it has been disrupted. And the rest of us should all be blessed to preventive medicine that we shouldn't need to deal with it in the first place. And God should finally take this, eradicate this virus. And we should only come out stronger and greater and more powerful for it. Meanwhile, obviously, we need to listen closely to what doctors say, health authorities say, they say stay home. So for the first time in history, the Jewish people are told they must stay home for Pesach. They cannot congregate in large groups. How many different plans were upended? Pesach programs, groups darim, synagogue experience. It's completely new. So when we say, how is this night different than all nights? What makes this night different than all nights? What, this coming Wednesday night I would say in the year 2020, Tovshim Pei, 5780, takes on a whole new meaning. And yet, it's not meant to frighten us, it's meant to use Pesach, and before that, Yodal of Nisan, I will also be speaking about Yud Gimel Nisan, the Yod site of the Tzemach Tzedek, as tools, as blessings, as resources that God gives us. Magdim Refula Maka, he prepares a healing before the cure. 
before the illness, I'm sorry, the cure before the illness. And gives us also the psychological and spiritual and emotional wherewithal that we need in a time like this. Because it's not just the, the, the virus itself, it's also how it impacts us. And there, as I've been emphasizing time and again, and we've been doing many special programs in the last few weeks, that you can't control what's going on around you, but you control completely what's going on within you. And our attitude has to be one of a positivity and hope and knowing we will get through this. It doesn't minimize and take away from the pain and the care that we need to be taken. At the same time, we have complete faith and betachan and trust, as we did in Mitzrayim 3,332 years ago, that the whole day of the as we will say in the Vihisha Amda, on Wednesday night and Thursday night in, outside of Eretz that the, the faith and the promise has withstood all, that the whole day and every generation, they rose against us to annihilate us, and that can be, whether it's, the meaning of physical beings or nations, or it could be an epidemic. And God saves us and protects us and preserves us from their hands, which again can mean anything. So you see us Mitzrayim, the idea of leaving Mitzrayim, as we're told, in every generation. And the Alter Rebbe adds, every day we have to envision ourselves, he has to envision himself, a person, he or she has to envision himself as if he just left Mitzrayim right now. So Chassidus explains, what does that mean? It means Mitzrayim v'gvulim. Mitzrayim comes from the word constraints, boundaries, limitations, inhibitions, fears, concerns. You fill in the blanks for this year 2020. It's a whole new Mitzrayim we're facing. And we have to envision as if we're going out of it. So these days as we prepare for Pesach, are all meant to help us, empower us in that way, and the Pesach Seder specifically will take on a whole new meaning this year. The plagues, the quarantining, which happened in the night of Pesach, the first year, th- over 3,300 years ago, 3,332 years ago to be exact. For Atem, as there was a plague, an epidemic, taking all the firstborn of the Egyptians outside. For Atem and you, the Jewish people, do not leave this home until the morning. And the Gemara in Baba Kama 60b, where it elaborates on the behavior we have to have in a time of an epidemic, says not only by night, also by day. And even if there's no dread in your home, also then, do not go out. So there's precedent. And the end of the story is always going to be greater than ever. But right now we have to be cognizant and aware and sensitive to the situation on the ground as well as that hope. I'm actually just finished creating, it should be announced very shortly, a special new program for this year, Pesach, in the age of Corona. It's called A 15-Step Soulful and Musical Journey of Healing, Growth, and Transformation through the Seder. It's with the melodies of Pesach will coming out, 15 steps, each of the steps, and how we can address it and apply it to the challenges of our time. Very, um, very, what shall I say, I'm very humbled being done, having done that, and I really believe it will be a tremendous asset and resource. So stay tuned. You'll hear more about it as we uh, unfold, un- unpack it and release it probably in the next day. Mirza Hashem. So going back to Yud Aleph Nissen, 
the birthday of the Rebbe. So I want to speak about that, of course, and we have to take into account the issues that are going on now, because as we were always taught by the Rebbe, and by Chassidus in general, and Teda in, 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 in all of Teda, Melosh and Heira, Teda comes from directive, everything has to apply to our situation. This is what's on our minds now, unfortunately. Who would have thought? But that's what's on our minds and our hearts. The protection of the health of our families, health of our loved ones, health of everybody. And yet, as I said, we're empowered. We have the tools. We have everything we need, all the strengths we need. And we glean them, we draw them out of these special days. So we have Yer Aleph Nisan today, tonight. Conclusion of Yer Aleph Nisan, the Rebbe's birthday. In two days from now, Yud Gimel Nisan is the Yortzeit, the Stalkus of the Tzemach Tzedek. Then comes the next night, is of Pesach and Pesach. So that's, we're going to focus on that in the context of events that are happening today. I have many questions that have come in, and uh, which I continue to appreciate more than ever. Appreciate your kind words of encouragement and feeling the, the comfort and strength that hopefully I can provide through these programs. And I appreciate that feedback more than you can imagine. Because in times like this, we have to rise to the occasion and we need to strengthen each other. And to be honest, by strengthening you, I get strength in return. And the stronger we are, the better we heal and the better we face these challenges and rise and transcend them and grow from them. So, let's start, well, we already started, but let me begin with Yudal of since it's tonight. And, there's a few, and also integrate it with your questions. As you see, the format may be a little different because of the circumstances, but still, trying to address questions, this is a relationship, and socially distant and physically distant they ask us to be, we need to be in direct proportion, spiritually closer than ever. And through learning Teda and and applying Chassidus, that makes us close. Because we may not be in the physical room together, but we're soulfully and heartfully connected. Especially when we now celebrate and we honor and we draw from the Rebbe's birthday and from the other events of this week, including Pesach, to strengthen and bolster our immune systems spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically. So, you know, the other day somebody asked me, and people ask all the time, and it's part of the questions, many questions, is this all a prelude to Mashiach? And I have to tell you, let me tell you my initial reaction when I hear the question, just speaking openly, bluntly, as I've always done, even in a way, candidly. Everything is a hachana preparation to Mashiach. We say the Chavle Mashiach, the, the birth pains before there's a birthing, the Holocaust. But at the same time, to be very careful, because when somebody is sitting Shiva Rahman al Islam, they lost a parent, and people have been doing that this week in, in very odd circumstances. They can't even properly grieve, grieve with people and so on. You don't start telling them, by the way, hey, you know, your father or mother passed away. It's a stepping stone to Mashiach. Why? Because the same Torah that tells us Mashiach is coming and everything is leading toward that also says, right now there's a warm body, there's an open grave, Rahman al person needs some strength, some consolation, Nechama. In the big picture, yes, but it's vital that Torah not be disconnected from the personal. Just to look into a book and find hints 
and lack the sensitivity of the situation we're in right now. And even those of us that didn't experience a direct loss, Baruch Hashem, are still dealing with a, a, a shock here to the system. Dealing with economic issues, I'm not going to compare that to health. Jobs, what's going to happen? The unknown, we have to deal with our children at home, if you're, that's your situation. Or some people, the opposite. Don't have anyone. We have to deal with a deep loneliness. So we can never lose sight of that, because the same Teda talks about both. That's why I don't just jump and say, yeah, of course this is it, and find a medrash, and there are medrash. Look at Shira Shirim Rabbah, Parsha Bey, Simen Chavtes. Talks about it. But that's not the way to go right now. Right now we have to focus on how to empower us, and how, what can we do to bring Mashiach, and to bring a Geula, Pratis, and Klolis, a personal and global redemption of this epidemic and pandemic, and from all problems, and come to a time where everyone will be healthy, and live forever and in a full intact way with no famine and no exploitation and no war as the Rambam says at the end of Hilchus Malachi. So that's the, that's the tone, I believe. This is what I've learned from my Rebbe whose birthday is today. And essentially the derech, the approach that Teda takes when it comes to these matters. You have to combine all of it. And yet there are definitely elements that keep in mind. For example, not many people have been talking about if a virus, a coronavirus, can impact 8 billion people and be contagious in that way, how much more so do we learn about a positive viral impact of goodness and kindness, and that should transform the world and actually do it with even more power than the coronavirus is doing it. There's no question this is the call of a in history, historical, unprecedented opportunity in that way. And I've spoken about this as well. But that doesn't minimize the fact that we're dealing with the challenges. But with the way we address a challenge is we address it with bringing more light. We don't just panic and cower in fear and retreat. We bring more light. So if you think of it that way, then it's a lesson in life that's helping us become stronger people. That right now, wherever you are, quarantine in your home, get on the phone text someone, reach out, something that p- people have been doing already on their own, even naturally. That's not minimizing the negative, it's just fighting it with positive, in that sense. So you may recall Purim, actually. It was Purim when we were still not aware of the gravity, or at least uh, we w- didn't think we were aware. I actually recorded, I remember I was inspired because it was the coming 100 years of the Rebbe Rashab's Stalkus. I was reading the Maimorim and the things he said that Purim, Tofresh Pei, in 1920. And I realized Corona comes from the word crown. So I discussed then the crown of Lu'umazev, of negative crown, which is clip, a, a powerful clip, Amolek sometimes, Pare is compared to Keset as well. So both Purim, Homon, Amalek have an element of Kesar because it's, it's, super, it's irra- irrational hatred, irrational toxins. There are toxic forces in our lives that you can explain. You have an excuse for I have a desire for something, a temptation, and my delusional mind, I think I'm going to get something from it. But what happens when you meet a Nazi who just hates a Jew for absolutely no rational reason? That's Amalek. Chutzpah Baleitaga. That's Kesar of Klippah. It's much more powerful than any. Because another clip you could say, oh, you know what? If I could appease him like Yaakov appeased Esau, maybe he'll go away. And it worked. 
But if it comes to something that's irrational and Kesser comes from that level in Klippa, that's already a very different type of negative toxic energy, very difficult to battle. What's the counterforce? Kesser of Gdusha. An absolute super rational commitment, not based on logic, based on super rational, supra, not irrational, but super rational, it's beyond that you're absolutely driven, unwavering commitment to goodness and kindness. That's the only way you can counter such, such powerful hatred or such powerful toxins. So I spoke about the corona. You could have corona as keser of klippe, whether it's physical virus, but it all originates from spiritual viruses. At the same time, you can counter that with a corona, a crown of kedusha of holiness. So I was thinking about this, and this is just some thoughts I'm sharing at the same time, being sensitive, this is not, I'm not looking for a hint and some way of avoiding the, the realities on the ground of the challenges we're facing. Yud Aleph Nisan is Yud Aleph, is 11. The Rebbe speaks a number of places based on Chassidus that 10 is a complete number, the 10 spheres. Keser is an 11th level. That's when you don't count uh, Keser in the 10 spheres. It's Keser, it's beyond, and it's considered. Yud Aleph, there's the Kisrin de Masavusa, there's the 11 crowns of toxic crowns, Masavusa is Klippa, of negative energy. But there's also the positive of Keser of Gdusha, of course, Keser of Atzilus, Keser of Ak, of the whole Shedir Shtalshus, is Keser, which is, consists of Arech that's beyond the structure. So you could have lower than the Keser, that is, so to speak, the negative form of it and the positive form of it. We know that the Rebbe, Deir Ashvi, was also associated with Malchus, Keser Malchus. So the Tikkun of any corona, negative corona, is a, is a holy corona. Now, this still does not, this does not mean that by celebrating Yud Aleph Nissen, you can ignore what health professionals are telling us is to quarantine and stay home and we're dealing with real Sarkonis, nefoshis, mamish, that has impacted many people's lives who are no longer here with us. But yet, at the same time, what we do is we learn lessons. We learn lessons from these deeper understanding of these issues. I'll soon be sharing a few words from Etzemach Tzedek Zemaimer, where he talks about it during an epidemic, the, the, the cholera epidemic in his time. So the Rebbe spoke once in one of the brachas of Yudalf this, the Rebbe would always give a bracha, they would give a pan, they would, Chassidim would come and give the Rebbe a bracha, and he would respond with a bracha. I think it was uh, maybe Tovshin Mem, hey, I don't remember what year it was, 1985. So the Rebbe, when he edited the bracha, so he speaks Yud Aleph, is higher than Shtalshlus, he calls it, higher than Shtalshlus. So why, but if it's higher than Shtalshlus, why is it 11? 11 already tells you it's a number. So the Rebbe adds, because there's no other way to, to express it. So there are times we use a word in Kabbalah, sometimes as, as it says, when you have no way, the only way you need to say something that will express it. When you say infinity, for example, so infinity, we know, has its own entity, but when you want to say something is beyond everything, what are you going to say? So 11 is just by saying it's not the structure of 10. And the Rebbe talks about it, the hisapcha, the, the transformation of the 11 negative crowns by the 11 positive, by the 11th positive one. And interestingly, we talked about this last week and in previous weeks, 
One of the tikkunim, one of the ways to heal a magefa, an epidemic, in Chumash it tells us, in Pasha Kedach, when there was the magefa, how do they stop the epidemic? Through ketedus. What's ketedus? Yud Aleph, Samimonia ketedus. The 11 types of incense. And that is also the Zayar we talked about in Pasha Vayera, a story in a town, Kfar Tarsha, where Rab Ache came there. Zayar of Pasha Vayera 101a, Kuf Aleph Aleph. And he came there and they tell him there's an epidemic that's getting worse and worse. And he said, there's a whole, there's a whole details there that they should read and learn the Pasha of Ketedus. Clearly based on the Pasha in Kedach. And then we know, we discussed last week, the Arizal. And Arichis about Ketedus and how that is also a way to heal from epidemics. We, just, we read it last week in detail. We, I read it and explained it. Last week's My Life, episode 302. And then there's the Alter Rebbe's Gula that's printed in Emei uh, Sha'orim and in Era Tere which we also discussed, to learn the Pasha of Ketedus. What's Ketedus? Yud Aleph. So Chassidus explains, and I'll just give a few sources. One, Nateres Reish, Shai Yom Kippurim. So Yom Kippur, of course, the Aved is mainly with Ketedus. The Kohen Gadol brings incense. So the end, Pedi of the end of the, and the end of the chapter, the end of section, Shai Yom Kippur, fascinating section on Ketedus and talks about the 11th that is 11th is the Makif Levena and how it has the power to heal food, Karbonis is Lachmi Leishai is like a Lechem, is like food food is necessary to keep a person healthy but if there's a disease or a virus or an epidemic when you need more strength you need the incense the very strong incense, which could also be, comes, it's rooted in negative energy. But when it's directed and harnessed properly in the ketedus, the incense in the Beis Amigdash, and today when we say pita maktedus, when we say ketedus, so when you say it, it's as if we're doing it, kola esig b'tedus so when you daven, so tefillus is, is um, considered to be nivsvasai, we say it in words, it's like we're doing it, we're accomplishing. So, Kateris, it creates that additional, it calls it literally like medication. That food is not enough. Food is not enough to heal somebody. Food enough is enough to sustain health. But to heal, you need deeper resources. And that's the 11th Kateris. Another Maimed, in Tatus Chaim, right in the beginning, on the Posig Vanochesh Haya Orum, Pedigvov, he brings the Zoyar. In chapter 6, he brings the Zoyar I mentioned. The story with Rabacha. And explains the same idea. Why Ketedus is the healing force. So how could we ignore that? Comes Yud Aleph Nisan 11. The 11, of course, of Gedusha. Of the highest level of Ketedus. Yechida of Yom Kippur. Which is when you read deeper into the Eson. Into that powerful, unwavering element in our souls. As I mentioned before. That counters the Chutzpah Beletage. The irrational power of a virus, look how rational it is. A little microbe, look what it's doing. When we counter it with even more powerful commitment to holiness, super rational commitment of Keser, of Yudalaf 11, that's the healing element. The Ebishter wants, however, that it be Bislapshus Baderach Ateva. That's why we have to follow the guidelines. You can't just go to the Ruchnius of it.
So, as we're going to now discuss in the context of the Semach Tzedek. But before I go there, I just want to talk about one or two more things regarding Yeralf Nisan. What is the significance of reading the Nosi to read about what gifts were brought to the Holy Temple? We now also are reading the Nesim. Every day, the Nasi, the leader of the tribe, that brought the offerings to dedicate the altar, the new Mishkan that was erected and established, Rishchedesh Nisan. So from Rishchedesh Nisan till the 12th of Nisan, and then the 13th we read, Shevet Levi. We read, that we read from Parshas Nasi every day. So what's the significance? I'll refer you to a sikh I just, just taught a few weeks ago. Also, increasing Torah, Mevirufu, Le'elam, bringing healing to the world. Where I explained the sikh in Chelik Yur Aleph, in Parshas uh, Kisisa, that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me correct myself. I learned the Sikh in Parshas Kisisa, but there's a, in Parshas Vayakal, I'm sorry. Then, la, last week, I also taught a Sikh of Vayikra Tov Shemem Zayin, the Rebbe Mamish answers this question, connects it to the Nesiyas, connected to the whole month of Nisan, hinting, of course, to Yeralf Nisan as well, and Bez Nisan. So check out the Sikh, if you go to chsidusapply.com, and go to the Fabringen section, you'll see the talk I did, the whole sikh I taught, Vayikra Tov Zayin, answers this question. And I don't want to go over it again, because it's all there in full-length version. Again, chassidahsupply.com, where you can find all these programs and archives, and where you can submit your questions in an anonymous forum, plus many other, many more resources, especially ones that we've been developing the last few weeks, to deal with the challenges of our time, empowering resources in these challenging times. Another question that came in is, has the Rebbe said in the past that the best birthday present he could receive is people increasing in Torah study? Therefore, if we increase learning for a few minutes a day, do we first have to say this is to honor the Rebbe's birthday? Or is it just understood that we should just start learning and we don't need to begin with a preamble? Yes, the Rebbe absolutely said it a number of times, but always back, I think, Shnas Hashivim already, that the best gift people wanted to give gifts is, is gifts of Teda, to learn Teda. Whether you have to say that it's that that's the, a gift of the Rebbe, that's up to you. Why not? I don't see a reason why not. Why not? When you give somebody a gift, it's good, it's a mitzvah to be medium, to let them know. Why does it have to be anonymously? So there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm honoring you, Dalaf Nissen by learning more, by committing to learn more, especially now, as we quoted also the Sikha of Yudalaf Nisan, Tov Shemem Beis, when the Rebbe turned 80, spoke literally about bringing healing through Teda. We discussed that also a few weeks ago. Also, Tov Shemem Vov. So this, the increasing Teda, the COVID-19 has even more significance in our time when we need so, so much healing. Okay. Let's now move to your Gimel Nissen. Then I'm going to go to Shabbos Agol. Then I'm going to go to Pesach. That just seems to be the right flow here. So bear with me. So your Gimel Nissen is the yard site, the stalkus of the Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, who the Rebbe is named after. Uh, ben Achar Ben, straight from the Tzemach Tzedek. Uh, Tofresh Chavov was when the Tzemach Tzedek passed away. Now we're in Tofshin Pei. So, um, um, so I thought... Obviously, in context of where we are now, I discovered a mimer from the Tzemach Tzedek that I want to share with you. I've been desperately looking that the Rebbe, that the other Rabbeim speak about epidemics, just to get guidance, direction, strength, little fortitude, confidence, hope. 
So we spoke about, yes, letters, yes, that some, the Altareb is Zgula uh, of Kteris, which is to give, and we also discussed Tzemach Tzedek's letters that he wrote when it came to the cholera, cholera uh, epidemic in his times, the difference with Zdoka, charity, and the other things that he spoke about at the time, which we discussed in previous weeks, things we can do to counter mitzvahs that are connected to Arichas Yomim, long life, Kibbedav, Diyukindavanin, Kavonas Atfila, Kavon of the Meyabrochas, the hundred blessings. But I was looking, is there anything more? So I found a Maimer. How do you like that? A Maimer that, according to those that have documented it, was delivered by the Metzamach Sadek, either Mishpatim Tovkuf Tzadik Beis, or I'm sorry, either Mishpatim Tovkuf Tzadik Gimel, or Kis, uh, I believe Kisove Tovkuf Tzadik Beis. Bottom line in 1823, 18 uh, Tzadik is 1833, 1832 33, was an outbreak of cholera. Cholera. I pronounce it cholera because we say bad illness from the Hebrew, but it's pronounced. Uh, cholera, cholera, cholera. And it was an outbreak then, tragically, that affected clearly the Tzemach Tzadik Lubavitch and so on. Tzemach Tzadik writes a mimer where he actually mentions it. So my plan is in Mitzvah Shem to teach the whole mimer, not now, in maybe a class I'll do the next day or two in honor of Yud Gimel this and time allowed, so it's Bli Neder. But I felt that since we're talking about Yud Gimel Nissen, why not just give a little Rashi Prakim some details? And I'm reading here in a Maimir Mishpatim. And the Posik, in the Mishpatim, there's a Posik, Vavadim as Hashem Alekechem. There's a few Maimarim on this Posik, but the one I'm reading is begins on page uh, 1198, 1198 in Erat Teir Mishpatim. And specifically on page. 11, uh, 1214, 1214, where he speaks about the topic of the machl that was there in that time. So the Posik says, and then it says, So you shall serve God, and He will bless your bread and your water. And then continues, and He'll remove illness. From within you, from within your midst, from within your community. It could be Wikir can also mean as the Alter Rebbe teaches in Tanya, from within your innards. Kir your insides. But it also can mean Kir the community. So the Samach Tzedek goes to explain this at length. I just want to give you a few key points that he says. And it's when I was reading it, so um, surreal, so uncannily relevant to our time. You never find a maimer. Very rarely do you find a maimer reference to an illness, a machla that was going on at the time. And he begins by explaining what is machla. He says machla is the root of all illnesses. This cheli, which is an illness, machla is the root of all illnesses. And he actually brings that, that the Rebbe brings, that pei gimel mine chilim tluyim b'mora, kiminyan machla, that there are 83 types of illnesses that depend on is the gallbladder, the bile of the gallbladder. And machlis is gematria 83. 
And you mevatel them through pas shachis mevatelasim, through eating bread in the morning. And it's explained that it means more than just bread, also the necessary medication to heal a person. She says they all are rooted, therefore, in the waste. He calls it the psalis sheba the waste inside the human body, specifically in the gallbladder. Then he goes on to say that just like there's physical illness, there's spiritual illnesses. And he uses a very interesting word. He says, illnesses of the spirit are compared to the illnesses of the body equal equal tit for tat so to speak and he begins to discuss how golus is an illness it says in Tukunizeya that the shechina is mara begolusa mara is Aramaic for cheli for being ill an illness being ill in golus because in which is not goal, is there's an alignment between us and serving God. But all illness is based on a misalignment. And when there's a misalignment, that causes illness. What does it mean in Aveda, he explains? The Aveda of someone pursuing their own desires, their own pleasures, and not following what God wants. And the root of all this, Machler remembers the root, the root of all illnesses is the nefesh habamis. And he explains it like the tsaras. What's the tsaras? It says, Giru According to Kabbalah, this explains, a tsaras, when it turns white, God forbid, on the skin, is because this blood has been sucked out of it. That means the blood is not flowing. Something is closed. It says, that's also in Ruchnius, in spiritual, the same idea. In Ruchnius, it's something blocking the flow of the divine to come. So there's only a rotze and not a shuv. You want the divine flow, just like you want the blood to flow through the whole body without any impediments. You also want the spiritual blood, Torah, mitzvahs, to flow through the human being. And it's the, 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 the desires, the negative desires of the animal soul that blocks that. He says it could be two ways, either through too much heat, like fever, that's the passion of the animal soul, or it can be too cold. Sometimes you feel very cold when a person is not well, God forbid. What's coldness? He says that's atzlus, laziness. He doesn't get excited about anything. Apathy. Okay. Then he goes on and says there are two types of illnesses. An illness that has, is dangerous and one that's not dangerous, but it's ill. Actually, a maimon, Tofrei Samach, two years before the Rebbe was born, Samchuni Bashishus, in Tofrei Samach from the Rebbe Rashab, talks about this at length. It looks like some of it is based on this maimon. What's the difference? He says, one is Taivis Heter. It's desires, pleasures you have, but they're not prohibited. They're not necessarily necessary, but they're not prohibited. That's a, he says, a chelish she'en b'yisakon. Then there's taivis shal isus, things that are prohibited. That's a cheli, that's an illness spiritually of things that are not, are not allowed. That's far worse. Then he goes on to say, we find seemingly two different expressions in the Torah. Sometimes you find that, that the Ebrister says, he says the, these words, 
that God will remove from you all illness. I believe it's in Parshas Ekev. I will remove Machla, like we learned in this Pasuk, that we're discussing here. All the illnesses I placed on Mitzrayim, the plagues of Mitzrayim, I will not place on you. And then it gives other examples. So it says, why does it say sometimes that God will remove the illness and sometimes He won't allow the illness in the first place? Listen to this. He says, because there are natural illnesses that happen, they happen in part of the natural process. God did create a natural process. People get sick. Then there are illnesses that are strange. And you have to say, It's an illness that you have to say, it comes the finger of God. It's not just a natural part of the process, a regular cold. An epidemic, a virus like ours, that you have to say it's coming from God's hand. So that's what you say, That, that when it comes to that type of a, something from the hand of God, there you don't want just God should heal. When it comes to a natural thing, you're saying that God heals it. Because it's B'derech and then you're asking God to come and say, But when it comes to that type of virus or illness, that is not that comes from God. There, you want that because it's completely up to God. So let Him not bring it in the first place. That's the first thing He says. Then He goes on to explain it more in detail, and I'll just be brief here because again, I'd rather learn it more inside. He goes on to speak about the Baal Pe'er, one of the worst types of idolatry was Baal Pe'er. We read about it in Parshas Veschan and Ekev. And we read it also in Parshas, uh, in the end of Parsha Balak. What's Baal Pe'er? It's a particular Avedazara idol that you worship by defecating before it. Imagine how disgusting that is. That's its worship. So the Jew may think, the Jew may think it's disgusting, but it's actually the way you worship it. So he goes on to explain that this idea of shilshal, of a diarrhea, of... of uh, of um, gastrointestinal problems is a deep clipper. It's a clipper because the stomach, what does it do? A healthy stomach, a healthy digestive system creates birudim. It separates between the nutrients and the waste and the psalis, which is expelled from the body. What happens if you worship the psalis, which is the, the, the Avedazar of Pa'er? You're worshiping the taivas of Elam Hazar that are meant to be waste. That creates this, this terrible klipa, which leads to tremendous illnesses. That's what he says here. And he says it's only the stomach that can do that, because a healthy stomach, healthy in, in, in digestive system, that's what it does. For example, he said, gives an example that if you took bread and you just burned it in a fire, you're not going to get rid of the waste. It's only the stomach that does it. And it's, on the other hand, the food has the waste. For example, if you put, God forbid, a stone in somebody, there's no waste in it. So the stomach will not achieve anything. It'll just expel the stone without anything. So what, what's happening here, that this world is a mixture of good and waste. 
And our job is to separate. If you don't separate and you worship the waste, that creates problems. Explains at length where the root of all of that is. Then he goes on to speak that in those days, they knew of this problem, of these pleasures of the world, and yet they chose to worship the pleasures of this world, which relatively speaking, is like waste compared to the holiness. And when Barachman al-Islam, when Jews have that, even in a subtle way, like it says by Yeshua, says we still have it within us, that is in Ruchnius, that's not just Taivas Het, it's Taivas Isur, that causes the Pseilus, because you're worshipping the waste. Then the Tzemek Tzedek says, and this is where I'll conclude, From all this we understand, just like there's uh, illnesses of the body, when there's uh, elements of gastrointestinal problems. Same thing with Cheli HaNefesh. You also have that. And it causes, that's where diarrhea comes from, he says, the ruchnis of it. What? You're worshipping waste. So the waste becomes a dominant feature instead of just expelling it. He says, we never saw sakana, a danger from such, from, from shilshal, from diarrhea. We never saw it in our, in our Medinas, in our countries. When it happens, it's kiminhogish And That's the things that we said that are morbid teva. From eating too much, too much indulging, or from things that cause, like the Gemara says, that by eating beets, and um, and drinking beer, the Gemara in Samagdalat and Sanhedrin, Daf Samagdalat, sixty-four. Unlike this is the epidemic, is the illness that God caused in our land this year. Hashem Yishmarenu. This is where He specifically says, "Sakonis atzumis ma'ashilshul ayetsim menhagishalelim kanal." Tremendous danger that's coming out of the shilshul, that are not natural, going out of the, it's not the natural problem, that, you, that just a regular form of shilshul. So he says, that same idea, when there's too much indulgence in material things, in the waste of the world. That's what the Tzamech Tzedek basically addresses, and therefore the way to correct it, he says, is to do everything possible to get rid of this waste, in Ruchnius. The animal soul. I want to make it clear. This is not meant that this is the cause of our coronavirus. It's just here to learn a piece of chassidus that mamtik you want to heal something, you want to go on the root. By learning about it, hopefully that can also help mitigate and uh, hopefully alleviate and, and eradicate this uh, virus we're dealing with now. More to come on this topic. I think I did enough, but this is an important thing. I see we, I lose more time than I wanted, but I thought it was important. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. We're going to move on into um, uh, Pesach. 
I've got a lot of questions about Pesach, especially regarding the coronavirus. I'm going to address some of them. And I'm going to have a special program next week. Usually, Chalamoid, we don't do a program, but because of the crisis, we'll do an extra program next Sunday night, um, which will be Chalamoid. As I said, I usually don't do it. And I'll address questions that I either I can't cover now or more questions that are coming in, and it's really coming in more than I can handle, meaning more than I can handle in one program. So please bear with me. I, I hope to address everything. So I'm just going to focus on a few key things, and whatever I don't co- cover here, as I said, I'll cover next week or the coming weeks. Hopefully it'll all be gone by then. Maybe we won't have to address any of this. We'll have the Gu'ula with us. So though yesterday was Shabbos HaGadol and I have some questions around it, I'd rather focus on Pesach t- topics. I'll use that. I'll focus on that, as I said later. So how is this night different? Was there a time during Yitzhak Mitzrayim that the Jews were in quarantine and God said to Moshe that everyone must stay indoors? Yes, I said the Pesach, it's in Kapitel Yud, in Perik, in Yudbeiz, uh, I believe, in Boi, where it says clearly that that night was a Magefa. An epidemic, makas b'cheres, a plague. Va'atem, Moshe says to the Eden, you celebrate in your homes the carbon Pesach with your families. Va'atem leseitzu ish mepesach beisi ad bekin, and you shall not leave your home till the morning. That next morning, the afternoon, they would leave Mitzrayim. Now, clearly, this pandemic is lasting more than just one night. But there you have a lesson, a pasuk that comes alive in our time. But it's not meant to drive fear in us, as I've talked about a number of times. It's meant to celebrate. Now Hashem wants you to celebrate here. So when we will be saying, Not only is it different than all nights, it's different than all years. All the centuries and millennia that Jews celebrate Pesach have never been like this. Because of this contagious virus. So there are many lessons to be learned from it, and I'm going to talk about a few. One question that came in, an anonymous question. Can Reb Simmons speak on this immediately? It's making it hard to function. How can I handle the guilt of making Pesach when I could be helping Klal Yisrael by saying Tehillim, helping the Jewish community by saying Psalms? Now, everything I used to do is weighed against the guilt of knowing that there are awesome and holy people in desperate trouble. Yet, I'm making Pesach. The issue is deeper than guilt. If we're a Klal, which means a, uh, a community, a whole, one person's simcha is a simcha for all. One person's joy is a joy for all. And to our dismay and horror, one person's sar, one person's pain, shatters the world. I depend on my inner sanctuary and trust in Hashem and God. My avid is all I have. My work, my efforts are all I have. My work serving God. Isn't my heartfelt davening enough to change Hashem's decision? Okay. First of all, let's get guilt out of this picture here. The guilt is not a Jewish concept. Even though the Jewish guilt, we know the stereotypes. Either it motivates you to do something better and then the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, then it's coming from a good place. But if it demoralizes you and just causes you to feel frustrated and feel bitter and feel broken and not, and paralyzed, then it's coming from a, that itself is the Nefesh is that itself is a clip. So let's make that clear. Let's not get guilt. We have a Tater that tells us what to do. The Tater is telling us this week and last week to prepare for Pesach. Pesach is coming, no matter what. At the same time, it's telling us, Saving a life, even a suffix, is, pushes the whole Torah aside. We'll talk about that more shortly. It also tells us 
love another and do everything possible to help another. That means that Taylor wants us to do both. Now, if it comes to a real Pekoch Nefesh situation right now, that, of course, trumps everything. Except for the three things, the Yarag Val Yavr, which is not relevant right now. So Pekoch Nefesh, that's why Minyanim and Shuls and Aliyas, and for that matter, Pesach Zdorim, you could do Pesach, yes, individually. Someone asked, is going to ask shortly, someone asked, okay, what's the minimum amount of people should be at a Pesach Seder? This is not a regular time. Pekoch Nefesh, you eat Chazer and Yom Kippur. God forbid. If your person is in danger. But if he's in danger, it's a mitzvah to do that. That's the tenet. Live by them. By the mitzvahs. The Ebishto doesn't want us to die by them. So we're in a different situation completely. The Ebishto wants us to be this way Pesach. So if it's a real immediate danger, obviously that, that, that overrides everything. If you can help someone, help them. So you have to balance the two things. Taking care of preparing for Pesach as much as you can and helping people. But to say, I'm going to prepare for Pesach and just be guilty and not helping, why don't you do both? And don't be guilty. That's my immediate answer. Is it hard? Do we have to juggle a lot? Yes. And we have families at home, some of us, and children. You know what? We work harder. It's a dangerous time. It's a crisis time. And you have to figure out how to balance your schedule. That's my quick, short answer to that. Then came a whole series of questions. Let me just go back to the Seder one since I'm talking about that. Unfortunately, some people won't be able to attend or make a proper say this year due to the virus. What is the bare minimum that someone can do home alone to be able to make a seder? The bare minimum is one person. If that's the situation, if doctors are saying stay alone, that's what you need to do. There's no bare minimum. As a matter of fact, as I said, would be even you to make the seder. But there's no reason to do that. You can be at home and make a seder. Not saying it's easy, it's challenging. So someone else asked, I keep hearing people talking about how this time is a great time to spend with family. I don't really have any connection to my family, and I live across the world from them in an apartment with two other girls. Reconnecting to my family isn't an option right now, so what should I do? We are not victims. There's always something to do. I don't know if the two girls are staying with you for Pesach, if you're all together, or that's out. Well, regardless, if you are, so make a beautiful Seder with them. If you're alone, make a beautiful Seder alone. That's what Hashem wants. He stranded you on an island. He stranded many of us on an island now. And that's what He wants. You say it's very, very depressing. So prepare beforehand. I'll go online. Follow the 15-step Pesach program that we're going to be launching very shortly. Follow other things. And prepare yourself. And sing to yourself. Find ways to stimulate yourself. Is it easy? No, I'm not suggesting it's easy. Of course it's easier with people around. But that's the reality. So each one of us in our reality, we have, let's just realize that's what God wants you to be right now. And that alone is a simcha. That means you have the strength to be that way. We, we want this. No, we didn't want it. We didn't ask for it. Frankly, it's dangerous to so many people. But God is blessing you with life. And you can do Pesach. So do it. And use the Pesach Seder as a way of finding some emancipation, some freedom, some transcendence, which is so necessary today, more than ever. Okay. Another person asks, which Pasha will we read after the quarantine is over? Being that shuls are closed and there have been no Kriya Satera on Shabbos, when coronavirus is over, may it be soon, will we begin reading whatever the current Pasha is, or will we have to first read all the Pashas we missed and then continue into the current Pashas? I didn't look this up. I, 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 I don't want to pass it, so ask a rov. But if I were to uh, say an intelligent uh, guess, 
would be, no, we can, we'll begin reading where we're up to. And now, that's the Abishta wants us now not to be either Kriya for the reasons we're talking about. So read it yourself. You can still be Mavid the Parsha and read it. And that will be, God will consider that like Kriya Not exactly, but the Abishta knows this is Enus Rachmana Patri. We're in a situation where we have no choice. And that's what's required. So that's what we do. So most likely, I would say 99% that we're going to continue reading where, we, where we're up to then. If Rabbanim have a different approach, as I said, I'm not pasking here, I'm just telling you what my, my understanding of the halachas are in that regard. Okay. Now, at home with the kids. Hello, Rabbi Jacobson. I want to say thank you for your podcast. I've been listening for three years now. I'm a father of four children, and the oldest is five. My wife was sick in bed at home for one week. Baruch Hashem, she's better now. Thank God. While many people are talking about all the extra time that they have and all the extra classes at that listening to, I feel like I could barely make it through the day entering four little children myself and taking care of them. I would like to share the following because it really helped me and may help others in the similar situation as myself. For me, everything changed when I told myself my goal is to make it through the day without getting upset at my kids or taking them out. Everything, uh, or taking them out. everything else is a bonus. If I need to interrupt in the middle of Shachris, Nunu, if fall asleep before finishing Chitas, Rambam, Nunu, I even discussed with Harav what is the minimum I have to do to have a kosher for Pesach home. Simply because I know that this year my avoidance, my work is to stay home with my kids. That's exactly the right attitude. Obviously, the more you can do, ask Harav. Remember, Hashem sent this. We didn't ask for it. It's not our fault. So as a result, the halach is how we have to deal with it. We have to keep Pesach. But the focus has to absolutely be Pekuach Nefesh first, protecting life. Secondly, the stability in the home. And as I said, it could all be balanced. In new, we knew creative ways. We may have to be creative. But to start getting stuck on halacha, in some detail, we're dealing with, again, Pekuach Nefesh, Akonis Nefesh situation. That's why we're home. We're not home because we have nothing else to do with ourselves. We'd rather not be this way. We'd rather just be like every regular year. But this is what is required. Okay. Next question. Well, this is one, a very painful one, and I'll just be quick about it because it's a long, people wrote about it. What can be done about those fools endangering others? So hopefully it's over with. There was definitely a situation. Well, before Purim, most of us, I'd say almost all of us, did not understand the gravity of this situation. But essentially after Purim, which a few weeks ago, and we started seeing the impact on people, people's the symptoms and so on, came pretty clear. But there were some people, and I will say, not just fools, reckless, unhealthy, in every possible way. There's a teira. It says in the teira, to do something, that's what you listen to. Rabbonim, to their credit, came out very early on, right after Purim, with all their guidelines. So anyone not listening to Arav, what is, what's this? I don't understand. Name of what? Of your what? You're, you're overriding what Arav says, based on what doctors are saying. Mamish Sarkonis Nefoshus, which we see now, Mamish, the, 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 the people that have, that have been uh, taken from us because of it. So I don't have anything to say that's going to be defending or anything. Yes, I understand some people have Agmas Nefesh, they can't have with a minion. Fine, you listen to Taylor and have Agmas Nefesh. But you listen to Taylor. Taylor says you can't do now, go to Shul, the Shul has to be closed or whatever it may be. Once it was clear that there's a Sarkon involved, there's no, there's no 
excuses. But I hope by now people understand and understand the gravity. Betochen is not putting yourself in danger. There's a tater that says that I'm more Paskins and other places when there's an epidemic and there's a, this. You don't rely on miracles. You, you do what the doctors say, what the Rabbonim say, and then in the privacy of your home, you can pray for miracles. You can daven. Absolutely, you should. But not to put anyone else at risk. So I have your whole, I want two, three, two, three pages of questions on this regard. I, I don't want to even elaborate because there's nothing to say really. I'm going to start finding a limut schus. I don't want to speak against Jews. It's not a time to speak against. But when it comes to Pekuch Nefesh, there's no, uh, there's no compromising. I just hope everybody understands that by now and anyone listening to me, as if I'm an authority. But if Arof says, the tailor says, Pekuch Nefesh, doctors say. So I'm just seconding what they're saying and it's plain common sense and toilet sense. There's no, no ifs or buts. And that's that. Someone's going to say Pesach. I have to do a Pesach Seder now with a bunch of people because... I mean, I want to mention the Havamin. I think I got my point across. Okay. Now we have more. I'm just looking to prioritize here. Someone asked the question whether the ten plagues, is there a parallel between the ten commandments and the ten plagues? Perhaps each plague representing a punishment for violating one of the ten commandments. Yes, there is. It says, the ten, the ten statements God used to create the world. There's the Ten Commandments, Aseris Adibris. That's all in Gedusha, in the number 10. And then the Lu'umaza of that are the Ten Plagues. I believe I gave classes on this many years ago, how they correspond, each one of the Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, Makazdam, which attacked the god, the false god, of the river Nile of the Egyptians. How each Maka represents the negative, the Lu'umaza, the alter ego, the antithesis, of the Holy Ten Commandments. Regarding our time today, yes, we have a play God there, and I've been discussing. Everything God made is forbidden also made something that on the positive side. As a matter of fact, everything negative evolves from the positive, and how you transform an illness is through the antibodies, building the immunity from the illness itself. From the tree, the, from the wood itself, it, it creates the, the axe that cuts down the tree, which is a concept of transforming something from within. One of the lessons of Shabbos HaGadol, that the reason why it was a Nez Godel, Alter Rebbe, Paskins, was because when they heard, the Egyptians heard that the Jews are leaving Mitzrayim, and there's going to be a Maka and so on, the Pcherim, the firstborn of Mitzrayim, mutineered against their own against the Egyptians. So it was a transformation. One thing is Hashem play, striking them with a plague from above, from outside. But that they themselves should turn on themselves. That's the ultimate Isapcha transformation. That the illness itself turns on itself and we find the healing within the illness. Which is really the essence of all antibiotics and homeopathy and actually the antibodies that a human body develops. The problem is when it takes time and the virus, meanwhile, is attacking. So as a good healer, a doctor will tell you, I don't heal God. God is the healer. I can facilitate the process because sometimes a disease, an infection, a virus can attack and the immune system is not strong enough. So we need to facilitate either supplements or a vaccine or exercise or the right foods and so on. Or, and unfortunately, in our time, we don't have that yet to do what it takes to at least contain it 
to control it and to heal from it. But the healing is a process because that's what happens. We build strength from the you can interpret that as they were oppressed in direct proportion to that they flourished and thrived. So the oppression, the illness becomes the source for the healing. Okay. There were more questions and I'll just take a few more here. Was locust and darkness two separate plagues or was the darkness a result of billions of flying locusts blocking the sun? Very quick answer, absolutely two different plagues. Darkness, Marcus Chesha was the ninth plague, locust was uh, the, the, the eighth or the seventh plague, and the two different plagues. So, just in case you're wondering. What's the purpose during the Seder of saying, all who are hungry and needy, please come and eat? Yeah, like we say, hey, lachma'anya. When we say it in our homes while we're already eating, and those who are hungry and needy are outside and can't hear our invitation. Well, first of all, in the good old days, where people didn't necessarily live in secluded homes, it was said at the beginning of the say that it was an actual invitation. Today, it's also an invitation. Of course, it makes a lot more sense, not this year, because we can't invite guests, to invite guests beforehand. But when we open the Seder, we're emphasizing this point, that anyone out there that is in need, will come, please come and join us. What I would ask the question is, how did we read that today? When we can't invite anyone. How's the meaning of that? So my answer to that would be, Beruchnis, you can invite everyone. And before Pesach, Kimchid de Pischa, helping people find their Pesach needs, helping people send them packages, food, matzahs, wine, giving them, more, giving them a boost in their morale. This is all part of the, 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 the spirit of Pesach of welcoming others. We can't physically, because as I said, Pekorach Nefesh is a situation where Allah says you can't do it. So, hey, takes on a new meaning. The meaning is, invite everybody. But invite them before Pesach and tell them, I wish you could be here. I wish we could all be here together. We can't physically, but don't forget, we're spiritually together. So everything in the Seder can be interpreted to our times. Is it known who wrote that God that we use today and when it was first published in the order that we say it today? We know that there are things in the Gemara that began the Haggadah is one of maybe the earliest texts, even earlier than some prayers. You have uh, Rav Zevin in Hamaidin Balach has a very powerful section where he explains the origins of the Haggadah and how it evolved, as well as other Haggadahs have sometimes the history. Briefly, the Haggadah, the time when Eden were already in Mitzrayim, they began to say certain things that Torah says to say, to recite, and we um, recreate. But as it developed, Bazman Hashas, you already had certain, uh, certain parts of that God that were there. The four questions, for example, they had a fifth question about the Tzli, because there was a carbon Pesach then. And other things that were said. Over time, things were added based on different reasons. So you can look it up in these places to have more information and details. Let's see. Why do we have two Seders, but in Israel only one Seder? Well, because Israel is only one day Yomtev. The question is really, why do we have two days Yomtev in Israel? The reason, halachically, is because during the time of the Beis Amigdash, when they, when they um, sanctified and announced the new moon, the new month, it was done by witnesses who came and said, we saw a new moon being born. When Bezdin confirmed that and verified that, they would send messengers up on the mountains who with flares and uh, torches 
would say when is this Chedesh. By the time, the, so these torches from one mountain to mountain in Israel, everybody could find out within a day. But places that people lived outside of Israel, it took time. It took a day at least for them to find out. So because they didn't know, they had to decide. So they made two days Yom Tov. The question is, why is that done today? Today we have it calculated. It says the Erneda from the Ramak, and the Chassidus brings it in a number of places, that the energy, because at the end of the day, that's a technical reason. The, Israel's energy is so powerful, you can un, unpack it in one day. That same energy outside of Israel, because the Kedusha, the holiness, the, same, the energy outside of Israel is not that powerful. It needs two days to unpack what in Israel you can do in one day. That's the brief answer for it. Does Eliyahu Novi visit every Seder? If so, why can't we see him? Why doesn't he introduce himself in a physical form and sit down for a moment and say hello? Very good question. I had that question since I'm a little child when they would shake the table and the cup of Elio would shake and we thought he's drinking. First of all, we know it's the Neshama of Elyonovi that visits every Seder because a Neshama Baguf, a soul and a body, Chassidus brings from, uh, from, the te- from the Kabbalistic writings that the soul inside of a body cannot be in two places at once. That's why there's a story where Eliyahu said he could not come to save Rabbi Menunasa because he was busy doing something else. So when we say Eliyahu comes to every bris, he comes to every seder, it has to be the neshama. Now, if you have eyes of a neshama, you probably see the neshama of Eliyahu coming. Those of us that are more fleshy eyes, most of us, or all of us, we see bodies, so we don't see it. It's like anything we say by the ushpiz and the guests that come asukas. When you say that, uh, that by a chuppah you have generations that come to a wedding ca- uh, ceremony, you need neshamadika eyes to see neshama things. So Elio, we believe with complete faith that the case of Elio is there. Elio does come and visit, he protects. And especially this year, we need it more than ever. Elio Novi, who is uh, the Shem of Yisrael, is one of the protectors of Israel, guardian, especially the night lil shemurim of the first night of Pesach. It is a night which is special protection, and today we need it more from the epidemic and all that it's affecting and impacting us all. Why do we always say, always end the Haggadah by saying, next year in Jerusalem, instead of saying this year in Jerusalem? Ah, very good question. We say, Lashon Habobi Rishalayim. So the Friedrich Rebbe already explains, Lashon Habobi Rishalayim doesn't mean we have to wait till the next year, it means it comes this year, and the male next year will be in Jerusalem. Which if you elaborate a bit and explain it, because we're talking about after a Seder. Of course, we mean it should be right now. But after a Seder that we did the whole Seder and all the details of bringing the, the, we, the, all the events that happened in the time of the Beis Amikdash, we recount, even though we don't do it. So now when we come to the end, we say, next year we should do the Seder in Yerushalayim. You can't say this year because you already did the Seder. So next year we should do this Seder in Shalayim with the Beis Amigdash, with the Korban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb, the whole offering, and all the ways that, the, that then it will be a completely different dimension. But the Friedrich Bavarans and qualifies and says that doesn't mean we have to wait, it means the Gula can come right now. And then in Shalayim we will do the, the whole Seder. That's the, the most obvious reason for that. So with that, let me conclude. That's a good way to conclude. We need the Gula now. Gula Pratis personal redemption from all illnesses, from this, this accursed virus. All those that are need healing should have healing. Even before they eat matzah, 
Michal das vusa. It says the first night matzah is the meichel da the bread of faith. Second night is the bread of healing. May it be a healing Since this whole thing is, comes from a complete like that, Samach and the Maimon says, clearly, it's not a normal illness and not an all normal disease, meaning normal within the norms of nature. So this is one, be one that God should, in the first place, just wipe away, just as He brought it. And it should be the Shana but now, even Terem Yikrov, before we even call out, God should respond that even before Pesach. And this year, Aleph Nisan, the Shus of the Rebbe, who definitely is watching over his people and, and in pain over it, should finally implore God to bring the Geulah even before Pesach so we can go into Pesach. Yerushalayim Yerah Kedish, the Beis Amidash Ashlishi with Mashiach, V'neichol Sham min Apsochim min Azvorochim, or min Azvorochim min Apsochim, depending on which the Kviyas is. And the Beis Amidash Ashlishi with the Geulah and everyone completely healed and reunited with our loved ones. We should only celebrate good things together. So a good, a good, a freilichen yudalf nissen, a powerful yudalf nissen, and yud gimel nissen, and then we go into Pesach. Yudal nissen, I should mention, is also the birthday of the Rambam, the Rebbe would always talk about that. And to Pesach, it should be benissen nigalu, benissen asidin liigol. Just as a nissen we were redeemed, we'll be redeemed in nissen. In all ways redeemed. And just like in the days of leaving Egypt, you should show us miracles, wonders, immediately for each individual and for all of us collectively. We're here every Sunday. Next Sunday we will have a program, which is, will be a special program, 8 to 9 p.m. This has been My Life Chassidus Applied, special edition, special crown edition, I call it, Corona edition of Yud Alf Nissen, the crown of Gdusha, countering the crown of the negative. Thank you very much. More than ever before. This program is brought to you by My Life, Hasidus Applied. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at hasidusapplied.com slash donate.